How's it going, everybody? It's Charles Kimley here, back with another podcast episode. And I just wanted to get on here and talk a little bit about what life has been like for me as of late. I know it's been a bit since I posted. I've been really trying to get back on the consistency train and post a little bit more and things of that nature. Unfortunately, though, life sometimes does get in the way. You know, I do have a full-time job working upwards of 40 hours a week. So, therefore, and I work second shift from 3.30 to 12. So, that doesn't really leave me a lot of time to, on a consistently basis, record these episodes and stuff. I'm really trying, though. So, I'm asking for forgiveness on a continuous basis because I'm not exactly the most consistent person in the world let alone, you know, when you add podcasting into that. It's been it's been a journey, though, and I'm grateful for the process. So, yeah, I mean, as far as, as, far as that goes, I definitely have a few things in the works that I want to talk about. Really starting with today's episode, I kind of want to just get back into a theme type of situation where I post about things that are, I believe, relevant to me, obviously, and then relevant to my viewers which i don't know on average how many viewers i get on an episode or whatever and i don't really care about that because i genuinely do or i genuinely have grown to enjoy podcasting so therefore i feel as though it's something that i could continue into the future and there's only you know it's really only up from here like i can't get much worse than i am now so that's kind of the mindset that i have going into this and continuing it and things of that nature. It's definitely been, it's been an interesting experience, but it's also been a blessing. And like in many things in life, I'm grateful for the process. So yeah, I suppose uh, an appropriate starting point would be what life has been like for me the last, since the last time that I posted, which I think the last time that I posted was on September 3rd. I haven't really, if I'm honest, I haven't really been thinking too much as of late. This idea that I'm going to talk about today was, you know, more of a spontaneous thing. I was just like, well, I sh- I, no, I shouldn't say that I haven't been thinking about things because I definitely have been. There's a few things that I've been wanting to talk about that are relevant to my life and will assist in helping you guys get to know me a little bit better because I haven't exactly been entirely forthcoming on my life. And if I sneeze here, you know, yeah, I haven't been exactly forthcoming on my life and things of that nature. So I wanted to open up a little bit more to you guys and talk about things that have affected me. So I feel like today, honestly, is probably the most appropriate starting point for that. But no, life as of late, since the last time that I posted, it has been pretty much around the same, you know, I don't variate too much from my day-to-day routines too often i uh have been shooting my bow you know like i try to do every single day a little bit less than usual because i don't have a lot of arrows right now hopefully i'll be able to go to the bow shop here pretty soon hopefully this weekend i was hoping to go today which is thursday the uh 14th i was hoping to be able to go today but unfortunately i don't think that's going to happen which is fine, I understand. Bow shop's like 20 minutes away, and I don't have my driver's license, so I really have to rely on other people to get me there. So it's understandable, and I'm not holding any grudges, believe me. It's all good. And then, um, 
what else has really been going on besides work? Not, honestly, not really a whole lot. I found out recently that the Kent District Library is doing the Write Michigan contest again, which is something that I submitted a story for last year. I submitted my Army Ranger story that I wrote and got actually pretty constructive feedback, so I wasn't too mad that they gave me a reader score out of 3 out of 5 because that's the first ever story that I submitted for a writing contest. And I read through their feedback, but I'm not submitting the same story again, though. I'm going to try to... Well, I actually have... I think this part of the story that I'm going to submit, the first chapter of my second Army Ranger story, except it's a different character name and the theme's going to be different. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing to explain to people. I, I'm trying to do this off-head here, and it is like 7 o'clock in the morning, so if I butcher this explanation, you know, God be with us all. But no, basically it's like my character's name is Derek Houghton, and the story begins where he's kind of like questioning God, if you will. He's like, well, you know, he's, I explained that, you know, he's been in combat and stuff. And then how does God continually allow these atrocities to continue? And that's kind of like, honestly, I think I got that idea from watching SEAL Team, which SEAL Team is my favorite show. It was on CBS for upwards of five seasons and the moon to paramount plus which the moon to paramount plus has made it a lot better in my personal opinion because it's more authentic you see the language they use in the storylines and stuff they have a lot more budget but no basically it's like in some of the show some of the seal team episodes that i've seen and things of that nature it's like they question what they do in a way so i figure if I can create a character that's essentially in the bottomless pit of questioning himself and if all the fighting that he's done is really worth it. And I explore that theme kind of throughout. And then a cool thing that I added was like his conscience is always like in the back of his head because he he was working at the World Trade Center on February 26th of 1993. And that's when the World Trade Center was bombed and seven people died. Forgive me if I mess up the number of people that died but i i believe it's seven and the voice in his head is kind of always reminding him it's like a negative the negative voice that we all have like there's a positive and a negative in most people's lives and it's like what you choose to listen to or give attention to dictates a lot of the time how you feel at least for me personally that's how it's been so that voice in his head is kind of always like beating him down like you know you're a loser you're pathetic and in the story like when he stumbles upon, because he's actually outside of the building when the World Trade Center is bombed, and then he was recently recertified as an EMT or emergency medical technician. So he races back into action, and then it's kind of him like discovering his coworkers dead, and then building up that fire, and then eventually the part of the story that I'm on now, it's like that causes him to enlist in the armed forces because he wants to find out who's responsible for you know, bombing the World Trade Center that killed seven of, or killed his coworkers. And in the story, the victim pool is quite random. There's not one person that's, one death that's more significant than the other. They're all kind of put in there just to motivate him. And then he does, he does hear about Al-Qaeda, obviously. 
you know, conspiracy theorists may disagree with me, but I believe that Al-Qaeda is responsible for 9-11. You know, I'm not going to go against what I've been told my entire life and exact what history tells me. So, I mean, I'm definitely not a conspiracy theorist. I guess it, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say I'm not, but I would go as far as to say that entertaining conspiracy theories in hindsight can be sometimes fun. But overall, they're just pretty much baseless. And 9-11, you know, or I guess the moon landing or UFOs or whatever, the phenomenon behind that. I suppose those are, typically speaking, the most entertaining and baseless. But again, I, I've been on this earth 21 years and I, I guess it is what it is. You know, I'm not not judging anybody for their beliefs and I try not to judge people. I say all the time that I only judge Nickelback haters, which couldn't be more true because, you know, how can you not like Nickelback? And that, that, that brings me back to the topic at hand here and getting back on track. I was, uh, I was just, this was probably 20, not even 20 minutes ago. I, cause I woke up at like six this morning cause I fall, I wanted to get up super early Cause I have some things I need to get done and I maybe want to watch the flash on HBO max, which if you haven't seen that yet, I feel like it's going to be good, but maybe it won't be. I don't know. I'm not, I'm usually not the best judge of movie. I'm not the best movie critic. So if probably on it, more honestly speaking, if I tell you that I think that a movie's good, don't watch it because, because I'm just, you know, we might be in a different stuff or whatever, but no, I mean, I, I hope it's good, of course, because, you know, I'm a big superhero fan, but I don't necessarily know how I feel about Ezra Miller being the Flash, especially with all of the off-screen stuff that's happened and things of that nature, but anyway, I was scrolling through um, my, my PlayStation store on my PS5, and I saw that Modern Warfare 2, which is the newest Call of Duty, which by all accounts is freaking awesome. I, I've loved Call of Duty since I was a kid. I would honestly say, like, I was talking about this yesterday. I think that the best Call of Duty is either Black Ops 2 or Black Ops 3. I'm probably leaning towards more Black Ops 3. Like, there was a... I don't... I honestly can't remember if it was on Black Ops 2 or Black Ops 3. Maybe it was on both. My memory's a bit fady at this point. But no, there was... There was a map called Slums, and it was so, it was so fun. It was on multiplayer. I'll be honest here; I always got swacked, but no, I used to, I used to enjoy Call of Duty. I, I love Call of Duty. That game's so fun, and it's like, it's like an entire franchise. There's so many different Call of Duties, like World War Two, Vanguard, Black Ops, the original Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two, Warzone. Call of Duty Mobile. It's like it's just an entire universe now. It's like so expanded. And it's so cool. I love I love seeing when that stuff happens. But anyway, I saw that normal because normally it's it's $69.99. It was, I think, $99.99. And then they marked it down to $69.99. But until September 28th, it is $34.99. So it's 50% off. And I'll be honest here, I'm really trying to save money, but I am more than tempted to go in there and just buy the game and then just download it overnight and start playing it again. There's a lot of good games out right now. Like um, Mortal Kombat 1, the new Mortal Kombat, obviously. 
I don't know how I feel about that, but that's supposed to be really good. I think that is that's I think that's 70 bucks, which for a PS5 exclusive, you know, it's kind of it's reasonable, I guess. I mean, I'm not Again, I'm not the best judge of things, so I wouldn't take my opinion for reasonable necessarily. But anyway, I think I'll probably end up getting that at some point. Then obviously, like every year, there's NBA 2K24, which is $69.99. Then there's Madden 24. And then there is the new Assassin's Creed game coming out. I always say Mirage. Mirage. I think it's, I think it's Mirage. That looks really good. I have... I have Valhalla on my PlayStation 5, but I'll be honest, I never I never really been able to get into Assassin's Creed. I've always thought that Assassin's Creed's badass, and the notion was only brought to the forefront of truth in my mind after watching the movie with Michael Fassenbender. I was like, dude, this is badass. Especially the ending to that movie. The ending's so sick. Like Enzo as like a, a I guess he's called a Creed. I, I never really understood what you like an assassin. That's so badass, and just all the concepts and stuff, like some of the games, and just the storylines and stuff, it's it's actually really cool. I really enjoy, I've really enjoyed the games that I have gotten to play, you know, talking about that, things of that nature. But anyway, yeah, there's definitely a lot of good games out right now, and I'm happy that I got a PS5 now, I just gotta get good Wi-Fi, but playing on my hot, playing on my hotspot hasn't been too bad. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about today, I, I want to preface that it affects me every single day. I'm sure it affects a lot of people too, so I know with 100% definitive certainty that I'm not the only one that feels a sense of regret for a lot of the choices that they made or the things that they've done. I just wanted to get on here and talk about it, hopefully, honestly, to remind people that you know, I haven't shown my face yet, but I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast know what I look like. But I'm human too. I have made so many mistakes. And it's all led me to the point that I'm at now. And like in many things, and like a prevailing theme throughout the process of getting to know me a little bit better as a podcast host, I have made so many poor decisions. But at the end of the day, every single thing that I've done... I, I shouldn't say every single thing, but some of the things that I've done, I can take and look at myself in the mirror and just be like, well, I was in a compromised headspace. I wasn't exactly thinking clearly. I was under the influence of narcotics or whatever or things of that nature. And it's just a lot of the things that I've done, I didn't necessarily think about before. And that's not think about before doing them. That's not denying accountability because I'll take full responsibility for everything that I've done. It may not be the most enjoyable process in the world, but at the end of the day, I did it. You know, I'm in control 100% of the time. I make my own choices and I live out the consequences. It's just, it's, it's always so hard for me to think back to some of the things that I've done because some of the things that I've done kind of told the line between reality and fiction, obviously. And then some of the things that I've done have been against the law. Obviously, destroying my mom's house in its entirety is up there. Getting into a domestic situation, and I don't remember doing this because I was high, but striking my mom, just doing things of that nature, and it's really hard for me to bring that up because I don't want people to see me differently, but I feel like for 
the continued endeavor of healing from my more distressing circumstances, I feel as though being open and honest, being vocal about how I feel, and just letting people know that I've hit the lowest of the low, you know, I would say the point before death where you're kind of out there searching for anyone that will answer. And the hardest thing that I've ever had to, or one of the hardest things that I've ever had to accept is that I'm no different than anybody else. Like I can, I can paint myself as this superior being, you know, and think that I'm so much better than everybody else or try to be somebody else. But at the root of it is that I don't in truth feel that great about myself in large part because of regret. Because of the many choices I made, you know, whether that be dragging my family through the hell of mental health distress for a prolonged state of time, um, not accepting help when I had the opportunity to, and just going into a group home and getting, you know, the cha- or taking the chance to at least feel semi-better. Like, I went through this and battled through to the best of my ability, like, so just unbelievably foolishly for no reason. Like, there is so many different avenues for help. There's so many people, at least in my life and from my own understanding of the word struggle, that wanted to help me. And I just took and foretook their own trust. I manipulated the situation. And that's, honestly, above all else, like, of all the twisted and messed up things that I've done, like, breaking people's trust was probably one of the the most regrettable things I've ever did because even to this very hour, I'm still earning people's trust back. And I have to walk on eggshells around people because I'm, I'm afraid how they see me. And sure, I can make the argument that, you know, people genuinely have probably forgiven me and stuff, but I know for a fact that there's people that I'm still not friends with who I was friends with because I tried to kill myself. And that, that really just... That really just hurts my heart. You know, I've tried to unwrite all the messed up shit that I've done. And it just, a lot of the time, it always ends the same. So, I, you know, I humbly ask, you know, attempting to remove the burden from my shoulders and placing it at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's like, I really don't, I really don't know what to do anymore. And, you know, writing, exploring these feelings that I have in writings, it helps a ton. Shooting my bow helps. But at the end of the day, those are only very minute, like, temperamental things. And how I feel in my core and who I claim to be, they don't necessarily match up. And I'm, that's kind of why, like, exploring these things in a podcast has helped me tremendously. And being able to talk to my six followers... Like, that's cool. And just, you know, getting getting more views and seeing, like, the all-time plays. Because I host on Spotify currently. And seeing the all-time plays go, like, people are actually listening to what I have to say. And I, I know before that I mentioned that, obviously, I don't even necessarily want people to listen to me. Which, in truth, is true. Because I don't want people to take my advice and, you know, sort of get inspired by some of the many things that I've did like I have in the past. But anyway, it just, it feels good that people are listening to me. Like, I wouldn't even go as far as to say that I put a lot of time into these episodes. I mean, I don't, as of right now, I don't edit. I just record and then post what I have. That's why in a few of my, in a few of my previous podcast episodes, you'll hear this clicking sound, if you will, like. That's because I'm playing with my archery release. I don't know why I did that. 
I wasn't really thinking in hindsight that the mic would pick up on that. Because the mic for Spotify for Podcasters, which is my hosting platform, I guess, or a subsidiary of my hosting platform, that um, that picks up a lot of sound. So anytime, like, I hear a sound or whatever, it just it just picks it up. Which, I mean, is understandable and fine. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking very clearly about that. And I honestly think, like, part of, the, part of the autism thing that I have, or being on the spectrum, is that I kind of have, like, a sensory thing. Like, I'm sensitive to sound. So, it's, I guess, I've never really known how to explain it. Because, honestly, I just, I just found out I was on the spectrum, like, a year and a half ago, maybe two years. So, I'm still very much learning everything about it and how different things affect me. But I, I've, for reference, I've always known that I was different. So finding out that I'm on a spectrum wasn't like the end of my life. It wasn't surprising. I was a little bit, how do I put this? I guess I was a little bit scared. I was uncertain. I was indecisive about the notion of being on the spectrum. But anyway, like I've grown to, I'm working to grow to accept my identity, you know, whatever that may be, and whoever I am in my core. You know, all of these labels from the time that I was born, and especially into my adolescence and early adulthood, have quite literally defined every single thing that I do and every single attempt that I've made to become a new person. Like, you are depressed, anxious, suicidal, autistic, and it's becoming increasingly hard for me to not get frustrated at that because, you know, why should I have to live my life by labels? Like, I can't see depression, I can't physically fight depression i can't put a knife through depression you know that's a terrible example but we're rolling with it i can't do that so why it doesn't necessarily control everything that i do it's just it's a part of my dna like it's knitted into my every chromosome like i am depressed i have been depressed for the entirety of my life and unless you know appropriate intervention is sought out and appropriate steps are taken i will be depressed for the rest of my life and that is something that i have struggle to accept but that is something that i'm going to have to accept so all of these doctors therapists psychiatrists and all of their gross beauty bestow these labels upon people for the simple purpose of what informing them i don't that made made a lot more sense in my head but anyway it's like it is an everyday choice to not live my life by labels like a lot of the time when i'm behaving pathologically or subconsciously i never know necessarily if it's the disorder affecting me or if i'm just choosing to sabotage myself i think the latter is the likeliest scenario here i mean i really don't know guys and gals it is becoming increasingly hard to navigate under the microscope of distress it has always been difficult and i'm sure like with the depression analogy if you will that i just used unless i seek out appropriate intervention and do my best to put up a half decent fight i am going to feel this way for the rest of my life and that is something that i do not want to have happen because honestly a lot of the time like i'm thinking about you know these futures that i have potentially lined up for myself like getting married having kids getting a dog which is definitely going to happen and things of that nature and it's like i really just want to take time to focus on myself on my own recovery which is very much still a work in progress as is for most people that have been through what i've been through 
which honestly, in hindsight, like, I'm going to do my best to paint the picture here. Like, what I've went through and the things that I've endured, sure, they're a big deal, but they're not, like, the end of the world. Like, so what I've been in the hospital. I mean, 17 times or whatever the number is, I'm sure it's probably 17. That is a ton of times to be to an environment that is known for manipulation, deceit, you know, people that are living on the edge, people that probably you shouldn't be conversating with in that environment because they're scary manipulative and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I, I really, I've, my brain has suppressed most of what I was told in the hospital because I don't want to think back to that point in my life that I was emphasis on bad here, bad enough to be to one of the highest levels of psychiatric intervention or be to the one of the highest levels that you can go pertaining to distress, obviously being that of psychiatric intervention. And it is, it is difficult. It's, it almost just, it really brings me back to reality when I think about it. Like, I'm definitely not normal and that's completely okay. You know, I had, I had a conversation with my mom in the car ride home from work. I believe this was two days ago. So it would have been Tuesday night. And, you know, she's the most amazing person that I've probably ever come across. She's been through a lot. She's never quit, not one time. And I've just always grown on incalculable levels to appreciate that of my mom. And it really just, it almost just, it almost just makes me cry, honestly. Like, a lot of the time I'm so emotionally detached from things. But when I think about my mom, like, I want to do anything to protect her. Like, I would die for my mom 100%. And all of the things that she's done for me and all the times that she sacrificed herself to put me in a better position... And I just go around and treat her like shit. Like that, aside from, you know, a few highlighted things that I've talked about, the way that I've treated my mom and how I've gone about being her son and the things that I've chose to do to her, like I truly 100% unequivocally cannot deny the fact that I will never forget myself. And that that is incredibly difficult. It, you know, I'll... Incredibly difficult are two words that have described the entirety of my recovery and, you know, describe are, are now at the forefront of my vocabulary, seemingly, because I cannot stop saying them. But it it can't be it couldn't be more than the truth. And I, I hope one day that me and my mom can be on better terms than we're on now. But I just I want to do anything for her. I want to just provide for her as she did for me. Like, imagine being a single parent and raising three ungrateful kids. Like, it's just, it blows my mind. And like I said, a lot of the time, it's it's hard for me to explain this, but a lot of the time, I mean, I don't feel emotional like normal people do, or maybe I feel too much emotion. I've explored this with my mom before because she knows me the best. And I've discussed with her you know, whatever you want to call it, notion, characterization, or diagnosis, or label that keeps getting bestowed upon me. It's like, I may be a sociopath. She's like, do you know what a sociopath is? I'm like, well, it's kind of somebody that's emotionally detached. And then she explained basically that in her understanding, a sociopath is somebody that can kind of like commit a 
crime or do something very bad and not feel any sort of emotion. And honestly, if I ever committed a crime, that's kind of... I guess that's kind of how I would imagine myself being. But I know that I'd be sad and have remorse, or at least fake it till I can make it. But I, to, I mean, it's just one of those things where it it's hard to explain, you know, because one, nobody else is me. Nobody else really understands my feelings unless I tell them. And a lot of the time, I'm the type of guy that shoulders a lot of blame, who doesn't explain things that great because I'm so emotionally detached. And I think that could just be because, like, abandonment issues that I have with my dad or not necessarily from a healthy or from a young age being taught in a healthy manner how to express emotion. Like, a lot of the, if you really think about it, a lot of the guys that have been in my life, like father figures or, you know, people that surrogate fathers, I guess. I don't even know how to characterize it. People like that, they they were people that never showed a lot of emotion or kind of were shell of humans, with the exception of one person I could think of. They were drunks. They were, you know, people that have a history of substance abuse, which I guess falls under the characterization of a drunk. But anyway, it's like they're they're not necessarily the best examples to be following in regards to emotion. And that... I mean, that's hard, like, to really think about, like, I've never, to paint an even more clear picture here to my six followers, that, um, I've never really been mentally stable, I don't even know what mental stability looks like, I mean, is it not going to the hospital every month, or three times in a month, probably, that probably plays a part, but, I've never been that type of guy, like, I have a pretty bad addictive personality, I'd say, I'm also pretty pretty naive. I don't necessarily follow direction too well. And that could also be like the autism spectrum thing. But again, I'm just I'm searching for answers every single hour of the day to many of life's questions. Up to and including why I was created if I'm gonna feel this way. You know? I mean, it it truly is like to begin the transition to another point here. It truly is what it is. There's nothing more that I can really say other than what I've said. Like, how I feel now at 7.25 in the morning on a Thursday is how I'm probably going to feel for the entirety of the rest of this week, next week, the week after that, a month, a year, five years, ten years, unless drastic steps are taken. And I've been trained in the clinical sense to deal with my emotions and to process things like a normal human being. And a lot of the time, I, I really don't. I'm not saying that for plausible deniability purposes or to sit here and lie to you guys and gals. At the end of the day, I just, I'm just not an emotional person. That's just what it boils down to. I don't necessarily feel a lot of emotion. And if I don't feel emotion, I don't necessarily feel remorse. I don't feel empathy. I don't feel sympathy. And that, that is the continued track that I hope I get off of because I don't, I don't really ever remember feeling happy. Like, the happiest I've ever been in my life probably is when I'm practicing archery. It's not with my family. It's not, you know, with being around girls that I like or whatever. It's not, like, engaging in, you know, other pleasurable activities. It literally is archery at its simplest form. Like, that genuinely makes me happy. Like, I have a genuine love for this sport. And 
I've said this before, like most of the time what I'm doing at work, at home, is that when I'm not practicing archery, I'm thinking about archery. Or how I can get a new bow, or how I can take longer shots, and things of that nature. But yeah, anyway, I think, I think that's probably going to do it here pretty soon, or within the next couple of minutes. I've talked about what I wanted to talk about, and... It's been 32 minutes, and I want to get more into, like, the, get away from, like, these lecturing-type episodes. And I really want to talk to you guys about stuff that's relevant, you know? Stuff that kind of lets you guys get to know me a little bit better. But the thing, the thing about it, though, is that most people that listen to this podcast on a consistent basis already know me, either from work or personally. Or, I guess, like, our old coworkers or whatever, or people that saw it on Facebook. I don't, it doesn't let me see who my six followers are. And honestly, I don't really want to know. I don't really care. I mean, just thank you for following the podcast. And I hope that you're getting something out of it. But anyway, I did want to talk about that fantasy draft that I did. Because on September 3rd or 4th, it would have been on that Sunday. So it would have been the 3rd. Because the fourth was Labor Day, I'm pretty sure. I wanted to talk about kind of a little bit of the fantasy team that I was able to draft. I, <laughs> funny enough, I wound up falling asleep before the draft, and I didn't draft till like the second round. But I was able to take uh, San Francisco 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey with the third overall pick, or the computer did it. So I'm happy I got him, and then. I uh I took Aaron Rodgers, I think, in, like, the third or fourth round, maybe a little bit later than that. I think he was the first quarterback that I took. And this past Monday, he freaking tore his Achilles, which, you know, isn't his fault. You know, Godspeed in his continued recovery. But it's, like, the one year that I drafted Aaron Rodgers, he tears his Achilles. And that that is frustrating and hard to deal with for me. You know, people are making memes about it and stuff, which I will never understand. But... Yeah, I got a pretty good team. Uh, Fantasy basketball is going to be starting here within the next month or so. Pretty excited about that. I got a good team there as well. Play one of my good friends or my best friend the first week of the season, so that should be good. Hopefully I win, you know, typical stuff. As far as plans for the rest of the day, I got to go out and look for an arrow again because I found it yesterday and then I lost it again, which... Finding arrows is the most frustrating part of practicing archery. Or losing arrows, I should say, and then attempting to find them. Always a pain in the ass. Always. Yeah, but yeah, I got some exciting plans for the day before I leave for work. I'm up early enough to where I can probably get some things done. Yeah, I will catch you guys hopefully within the next couple of days. I'm definitely... Still working on getting a consistent microphone and stuff. I found some good options on Amazon and all that. So I'm definitely going to take and put the work in so I can continue to make better content for you guys. But anyway, have a great rest of your day. Uh, Do whatever it is that makes you happy. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.